We want to again thank all of you that are here today for this very special occasion, Mother's Day. No other day like it because there's nobody like mom. Amen. And uh, motherhood is one of those offices in life that um, they don't always get the credit they're due, but they get blamed for a lot that's not their fault. Amen. Somebody said if motherhood was going to be easy, it never would have started with something called labor. And I think all the ladies said amen. Somebody told me one time there's three ways to get something done. Do it yourself, hire someone to do it, or tell your kids not to do it. That's almost a guarantee. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest, we invite you to pray with us. But I want our church family to stretch your hands toward these plans that are to my right, your left. We're praying for our future. Whatever God has for us, would you take a moment to do that right now? In the name of Jesus, we come before you right now claiming the promises, every word that has been spoken concerning the future of this church and this family. We pray your blessings, Lord, and your anointing upon the labor and the work. We pray that your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And everybody said amen. Amen. Very quickly, if you will, turn with me to the book of First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And um, I am going to read to you from... The amplified version of that text, uh, but it gives a little broader understanding of uh, what I would like to talk to you about. And I'm probably venturing on the thinnest ice I've ever been on on Mother's Day in my whole ministry. I've said some things on Mother's Day that Anyway, while I'm thinking about it, my wife wanted me to tell you, all of you ladies, she has a gift for you in the back of the auditorium. Please be sure to go by the table there by where the pictures of mom are. Get your picture made and pick up your gift. And uh, we want to thank Sister Bobby Sue for working so diligently. It is a special gift. Amen. She doesn't want that, but I'm telling you, she has labored so hard for the last few months putting all of that together for my wife. And I say it's from my wife, but a lot of other hands have touched it. Thank you for that labor, but please, ladies, pick up your gift. With that being said, I hope you remember that when you leave, that you have a gift waiting on you. Maybe that will help... Uh, Soothe any feathers I might ruffle today. First Peter chapter 3. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, but I'm reading from verse number 1 down through verse number 4. I'll tell you when I change verses so you can stay up with me. 
He said, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God, and so partnering with them so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. And when they, verse 2, and when they see your modest and respectful behavior together with your devotion and appreciation, your love for your husband, encouragement to him, and enjoy him as a blessing from God, your adornment must not be, verse 3, merely external, with interweaving and elaborate nodding of the hair and wearing gold jewelry or being superficially preoccupied with dressing in expensive clothes, verse 4, but let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, one that is calm and self-controlled, not over-anxious, not severe, spiritually mature, which is very precious in the sight of God. I hope you underscored those last few words. Amen. I want to talk to you ladies and all of the ladies, not just our mothers, but I want to talk to all of you from this subject. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? Would you say that with me? Isn't she beautiful? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We salute all of our mothers today and we are thankful for every one of you and especially those who have their children with them today, thank you for honoring them and coming to this service. We can say all that we want to say, but we never are able to say enough, really, for all that they do. And we certainly would want to honor you. I hope that she doesn't have to go home and cook today. I hope you have made plans for that. And uh, not going by church's chicken either. That's not planning. But you cannot give enough praise and thanks to all that our mothers have done. I read something the other day called the myths of motherhood that I thought was so true. Somebody said that a child is carried in its mother's womb for nine months. But somebody doesn't know that a child is carried in its mother's heart forever. Somebody said it takes six weeks to get back to normal after you have a baby. But somebody's never had a baby because normal no longer exists. Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. But somebody has never taken a three-year-old on a shopping trip. Somebody said that being a mother is boring. But somebody's never rode in the driver's seat while the Ted, you don't need an education to be a mother. 
Somebody said you don't need an education to be a mother, but somebody's never tried to help a child with fourth grade math. Somebody said good mothers never raise their voice, but somebody never came out the back door just in time to see their kid knocking a baseball through the neighbor's kitchen window. Somebody said you can't love the fifth child like you love the first child, but somebody's never had five children. Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery, but somebody has never watched their baby get on the bus for the first day of kindergarten. Somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her. Somebody's obviously never been a mother. So to all of our mothers, we say thank you today. and We love you for all that you have done. I am speaking this morning on an extremely sensitive subject. And I am probably not the most qualified. I really would like for my wife to have done this, but as she said earlier, she doesn't do a lot of public speaking. She just does it behind the scenes. And she does it well. I didn't mean that in a negative way either. So We live in a world that is obsessed with beauty at least the idea of beauty. Beauty has become a multi-billion dollar industry. Last year alone, the beauty industry generated $445 billion in sales. Women are pressured every day to meet some standard or some ideal, or some image of what will make them beautiful. Ideals that are nearly always impossible to achieve, except for a very few. Trying to attain them can be extremely costly. Because beauty is just an ideal, it can only be met by a few. And the double catch to that is that when too many people start meeting that standard, they change the standard. I was struck in my reading at how often the trends of what is considered beautiful have changed over the last 40 years. According to one expert, they change all the time because too many people feel that Place and they have to make something different, beautiful, to keep the industry going. Here's a statement that struck me very deeply. He said, more money is spent than ever before for treatments designed to make them feel beautiful. Underscore the word feel. Beauty is now the beast that haunts so many of our women's lives. And the pursuit of it is costly. It drives women to ever be trying and buying and experimenting to reach some level of so-called beauty. One woman I read of has had over a hundred cosmetic surgeries in about 25 years of life. Striving to reach some place of perfection she has only is repulsed 
a monster. If I were to show you the pictures this morning, it is repulsive. Striving for beauty, for the perfect look, has created in our world and in our culture a very negative self-image among many women, that they are made to feel that they are not beautiful because they cannot do this or they do not do that. If they do this, it will make them beautiful, and if they can't, then they just have to live with the results. So women are made to believe that if they have perfect looks, then they will have perfect happiness. And the reality is that is a lie. When women try and can't seem to achieve that ideal, they many times view themselves as failures and disappointments, which leads to deeper problems of self-esteem and unhappiness and confusion and misery and insecurity. The body now becomes a laboratory. It becomes an experimental testing station to see what will work next. And those who have it are worried that they're going to lose it and those that don't are striving to get it. And both miss the point of what real beauty is. The world's emphasis is upon the external. That's what makes the difference and yet that's what makes it so difficult to achieve. What would really make a woman beautiful is not always what it seems. And I want to come today and maybe tread on some very thin ice with some of you ladies, but I want to tell you from a biblical standpoint, not just a man's standpoint, but a biblical standpoint, what real beauty is and where it's found. What makes a woman beautiful? I want to give you some cheap beauty tips this morning. Of all places. I'm going to give you some advice this morning that's more valuable than that $100 jar of cold cream that you saw on the internet. And it'll be more effective than a 100 surgeries. And if you'll try it, it'll work. Amen? When Peter was writing the New Testament letter of First Peter, he was writing to the body of believers called the church. And in particular, he was addressing the roles of men and women in our text. And he was, in this particular portion of Scripture, speaking of the powerful influence that a godly life has on an unconverted husband. But in the process of talking about that, he in fact lays out some beauty principles and tips that if somehow our ladies could capture and many of you have in your life, it is what really makes for beauty in your life. A beauty that lasts. A beauty that will linger for years and years to come. When I read this the other day, I thought, you know what? Number one, a beautiful woman is one who knows where to put the right emphasis. She knows and understands that real beauty does not begin on the outside. It begins on the inside. 
inside in the secret parts. She is beautiful because she subordinates the outward to the inward. She does not allow the outward to dictate to her inward being. It is always under her supervision. And this speaks of a disposition rather than a display. It's something that goes on internally. And this always wears well. And it always is beautiful. She is not preoccupied with the superficial. Now that doesn't mean that she doesn't care what she looks like. I've never thought that stringy hair, flip-flops, and some sloppy dress uh, makes for holiness or modesty. But I do believe that a godly woman, a person that has truly found the secret of beauty, understand that it's not with what you wear, it's in what you are. It's what goes on on the inside. That's where real beauty comes from. It comes from within. When you work to make the inner woman beautiful, then it is obvious that that outer woman will also be beautiful. She works from the heart out, not from the body in. Research tells us now that the, that, that almost all cosmetic surgeries will only last five years or less. Think about that. But I'm telling you something that if you can do will last a lifetime. Amen. One doctor told a patient after she had had cosmetic surgery, he said to her, he said, ma'am, if you want to keep your face lift, you're going to need to have a soul lift somewhere along the way. Amen. A woman who understands this beauty tip is well on her way to becoming and being a beautiful woman. Understanding that it starts on the inside. And when you work from the inside out, you're beautiful all over. And somebody said, Amen. Isn't she beautiful? Number two, when I read this text, I was struck with the point, the fact that A woman that is beautiful puts emphasis on the right things. She puts emphasis on the right things. Paul spoke of two things in particular. He spoke of chase conversation in the King James, but in the literal it is a word translated modesty. And he said, what makes a woman truly beautiful is a sense of modesty or A sense of discretion or decorum. There's nothing wrong with you being feminine. As much as the world would like to discredit that, I am here to declare that it is your responsibility to fill the role that God has given you by understanding what God gave you and who you are And modesty is far more than you're dressing in a certain style. Modesty is something much deeper than that. It begins internally with a respect for yourself. Amen. Somebody said amen. And that's the next one. He said it's coupled with his respect. With fear. The word fear more easily translated is respect. 
She is respectful of number one, herself. Amen. Beautiful women are always women that first of all have respect for themselves. And in doing that, they call for respect from others. They respect themselves and so they monitor the things that they say. They monitor the things that they do. They watch what they say and where they go because they do not want any shadow cast across their life. They do not want a stain upon their character. And so they're very conscious of who they are. A woman of beauty is one who carries herself with respect. Amen. If you want others to respect you, you need to start respecting yourself. And that is a point of beauty for every woman in this house. What makes a woman beautiful is that she respects herself enough to put boundaries in her life. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Amen. I believe a woman that is beautiful is a woman who understands that God made her to be what she is, and she celebrates that. Her speech, her conversation, her conduct, how she walks and how she comports herself is all reflective of what she thinks of herself and how she views herself in the eyes of God. So let me give you a beauty tip this morning. If you want to be beautiful on the outside, start working on the inside. And while you're working on the inside, make sure you gather a lot of self-respect because that's where beauty comes from. It is understanding that God made you fearfully and wonderfully made you and you are not secondary. You're not somewhere down the totem pole. You are part of God's purpose and His will in the earth. Number three, in reading this passage, it struck me that a beautiful woman, there's a certain devotion about her life. There's certain things that she is committed to that matter. She has come to a place to discern the things that matter and the things that are of of no consequence. She is like the woman of Proverbs that says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. She understands that age and time will take its toll, but it does not have to take away from that inner beauty that radiates out of her soul and makes her what she is. And so she works on what will not decay. She works on what will not change. She works on what doesn't go out of style. You see, if you happen to pick a certain style, I'm just here to tell you that it won't be long until that style will be out of date. I've lived long enough to see men's clothing and women's clothing go from one extreme to the other, and now they've started to recycle all of it. That means all that stuff that I held on to back there. Now it's cool. It's back. It's in. But if you let your life be run by that, you're constantly buying. You're constantly purchasing. You gotta have this. You gotta have that. 
There's always going to be something missing because about the time you get it all, they're going to change what it takes to be considered beautiful. But a woman of true beauty invests in what doesn't decay, what doesn't change, what doesn't fade with time, the spirit, the heart, the attitude. And Paul mentions two things, and I'm going to close. One of them is appreciation. A beautiful woman is an appreciative woman. Nothing more beautiful in my in my estimation than a thankful heart. And there is nothing that's more irritating than an ungrateful spirit in anyone, woman or man. Amen. But a woman who is beautiful is a woman who works on things that matter. And attitude matters. Amen. And, and, and developing a sense of appreciation. So many times in life, I find people are unhappy because they can't ever seem to achieve that mystical goal that, that's out there. And when I look at what the goal is, I realize that's where the fault is. They're never going to reach that goal because about the time they reach it, it's going to morph into something else. And they're going to have to reach for something more. But when you invest in what really matters, growing up and, 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 and having a thankful heart and, and having a heart that's filled with gratitude, amen, is a wonderful thing. That makes for a beautiful woman. It makes for a wonderful, handsome man as well, but it really makes for a beautiful woman. Number two, she is beautiful because he said of a meek and quiet spirit. Now that doesn't mean that she never opens her mouth. It simply means that she has a temper, but that temper's under control. <clears throat> Isn't she beautiful? Amen. What does the Bible say about living in a house? Don't go there. All right, don't go there. But what makes a woman beautiful is not that she doesn't have a temper. It's just that her temper doesn't control her. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having feelings and emotions and expressing them, but so many people allow their emotions to control them and they allow their moods. It's not wrong to have moods. And people, men have moods as well. Now we blame moods on women more often than not, but men have moods as well. Amen. I I knew I'd get somebody to say amen. Having a mood is not a bad thing. But what becomes dangerous is when that mood begins to determine your life, how you live, whether you get up in the morning, whether you get out of bed, whether you are happy or whether you're sad. And so a beautiful woman is a woman who doesn't ignore her new, her mood. She just doesn't let them rule her. Day with a thank you, Lord. Smile on her face. And she greets the day with a thank you, Lord. 
another day that the Lord has made. Free from worry, free from anxiousness, free from fretfulness, putting her life in the hands of the Almighty. And what a beautiful life it is. Amen. Isn't she beautiful? She knows what to invest in. She knows what to give herself to. She understands that there's some things that will change with time. But when you're working from the inside out, beauty remains. Amen. Would you stand with me right now? Amen. I told you I was going to tread some dangerous territory this morning. I never have talked about this subject before, but I just, I feel like some of you ladies need to understand how beautiful you are to your family, to your home. Because so many of you have done exactly what I've said this morning. You have invested in the right things. Don't ever let a world tell you you're not important. And don't ever let a world tell you you don't matter. Paul, our our Peter mentioned it, but Paul did as well. The powerful influence that a woman can have in the life of an unconverted person. What a powerful influence all mothers wield. They only knew how much it was. Perhaps they would be afraid to be a mother, but sometimes they don't find that out until later on in life. But let me just give you something to work on. I'm not saying throw away the cold cream. But you can rub that on your face all you want to. And if there's not something changed in the heart. It's got to get down there. Work. Start it there. Start working on the inside. And watch God beautify the outside. With a beauty and a radiance that doesn't fade. Amen. I see some of our elderly ladies around here. They're some of the most beautiful, radiant people that I've ever met in my life. Amen. I would put them on the front cover of any magazine and promote that as true beauty. Because it doesn't come from the face out. It comes from the soul. Take someone by the hand this morning that's near you and let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your blessings today and grateful for the touch of your hand upon this place. We're thankful for every lady, every woman, every mother that's here. I pray somehow today that you will touch them in a significant way. Lord, they would understand where true beauty comes. And where the things that matter, where where they really need to put their emphasis. I pray your blessings upon every family, upon every home. I ask you to let this be a glorious day for every home. Lifting up our mothers and these wonderful ladies before you now in prayer. We pray that you will bless them and strengthen them with the things that defy, Lord, their life. 
with the things that really matter. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.